You are in the ring with Hector Talon, seven-time national boxing champion turned nonprofit president and CEO. Hector knocks out the big issues facing social services today with high-impact leaders from around the U.S. In the Ring is a creation of Lutheran Social Services of Wisconsin and Upper Michigan and is produced by No Studios. And now, here's Hector Colon. Hello, 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 and welcome to In the Ring with Hector Colon, the show that gets real about the challenges facing the social services sector and the people we serve. We take on these issues with people at the center of these challenges, true champions who are willing to get into the ring with me. I hope these conversations spark awareness and inspiration to shift our sector from struggle to triumph. You can check out all of my interviews at lsswis.org slash in the ring. And thank you to our in the ring sponsor, M3. We are so appreciative of your partnership, your sponsorship, and all you do for LSS and so many organizations across the country. Okay. As my coach Shorty used to say, let's go, champ. In the ring with me today is Alicia Freericks. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Great you so here. much for being here. Uh, just a little bit about Alicia. She's the current president and CEO of Lutheran Services in America. She has led several key initiatives, including the Results Innovation Lab, Rural Aging Action Network, Reimagining Diversity Collaborative. Prior to LSA, Lutheran Services in America, she funded and led independent consulting practice for 10 years, provided strategic management support for nonprofit executives. She serves on several national boards, including Thriving Charitable Impact and Investing. She's also served on multiple ministry boards, including Southeast Ministry, which really brought Alicia to Lutheran Services in America. You know, I've had the privilege to know Alicia uh, for six years now, uh, being part of the Lutheran Services in America Network, and I can tell you she's humble, uh, she's a great leader, and she's a great person, and, and I'm, I'm proud to call you my friend. Hector, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in the ring with you. It's quite an honor and a privilege. And, uh, you know, your commitment to innovation and influencing the broad-scale change that we need is so admirable. You really do a great job of making the world a better place. So thank you for all that you do. And really, the best part of my job is getting to work with leaders like you. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to us being in the ring. Okay, champ, yes. are you ready for round one? Yes. So, Alicia, could you share with us a little bit about the Ministry of Lutheran Services in America? Right. Well, Lutheran Services in America is a large community. We have over 300 members, like Lutheran Social Services of Wisconsin, working to really advance health and opportunity for all. And when we say all, we mean all. And when we say health, we think of health in the broadest sense, mind, body, and spirit, right? Um, those social determinants of health, access to food and nutrition, housing, behavioral health needs, and of course, health care. Our members um, are all founded in the Lutheran shared faith tradition of service and community, and we work um, with all different peoples from all different walks of life. So think um, strengthening families in times of crisis, older adults, um, and supporting them as they age with independence and dignity, and, and really um, helping develop pathways for employment and other supports for people with intellectual de and developmental disabilities, um, as including um, and also 
so uh, new Americans and uh, returning citizens and others. So we have a big reach where uh, those 300 organizations are in over 1,400 communities across the country, mm -hmm. uh, working with one in 50 people living in America mm -hmm. every year, and having really a producing um, over $26 billion worth of services every year. You know, that's incredible. One in 50 people in America is served through this network, mm -hmm. which is really powerful. And I could share with you that I'm so honored to be part of this network. There are people uh, in this network that are um, so humble and really want to work really hard to improve our sector. Uh, so I think you guys do an outstanding job. And the individuals that are involved in your network are outstanding, and I'm very proud to be a part of that. So the next question I want to ask is, how have you expanded your mission in your first year? You've been one year. You've yep. worked for Lutheran Services in America for some time, but now you just stepped up. We had Charlotte, uh, who was the previous CEO, mm -hmm. in the ring with me before. So happy to have you and just share a little bit about uh, your first year and how you, you're looking to expand the ministry. Right. Well, just a little bit about Lutheran Services in America as the national office. We bring together change leaders like you from both the private and the public sector. We bring together providers, policymakers, academia, philanthropy, healthcare, and, and other folks that are really in the sector to guess and really looking to address some of the, our, the, our country's and our community's most challenging issues like child welfare, housing insecurity, and others. So in my first year at the job, I think one of the things that we really did was, um, and part of our strategy, is really stepping in and assuming the responsibility and the the charge that goes with being such a large faith-based network and the responsibility that we are part of the change that we want to see mm -hmm. and really leaning into that role and claiming that and asking ourselves as one of the largest faith-based provider communities in the country, what do we do? How do we become part of the change that we want to see? So that's, that's kind of a, mm -hmm. a, a core anchor to what we do. I think the other piece is really creating these um, learning communities mm -hmm. that we talked about where we're bringing together change leaders from across the sector to really... Uh, advance change in, in critical issues in the community, and then really building on our proven model of success by talking about the ways that we can really contribute to the broader body of evidence. How can we accumulate the data to really understand what works and why, um, and then make adjustments? Really thinking about scale and replication and the ripple effect, we call it, how do we get things out of sort of the learning community into other broader communities? And then really leaning into our advocacy role. Mm -hmm. We're right on Capitol Hill, um, and I think the voice of one of the largest faith-based networks in the country is an important voice, and it's really important for us to hold, um, you know, the the people that we work with front and center of that mm -hmm. conversation. Yeah, thank you so much is, for all of that, mm -hmm. uh, especially the advocacy with us uh, in our network serving one in 50 Americans. There's a powerful voice behind that. Uh, so thank you so much for your voice. Uh, and, and you're an effective leader, and so people listen to you. So on behalf of our network, uh, I, I appreciate you for that. And I also appreciate the fact of how you get us together. Uh, you do a very good CEO summit with great, uh, great presentations, thought leaders. We're all learning. And so together we're on this learning journey. Uh, we want to be better, uh, and we can do it together. And I know you really help us uh, bridge that. Uh, so thank you. So the next question is, uh, what policies and practices uh, need to change uh, for children and families for them to thrive? 
Right. And that's, that's one of the core areas that we're really focused on. We have, we're organized around what we call a terrible truth, mm-hmm. which is that over 79% of children that are removed from their families are removed for neglect, mm-hmm. not abuse. Mm-hmm. And neglect is most often a symptom of poverty. They don't have, a, their families don't have access to safe and stable housing. There may be some behavioral health or crisis needs that go unmet. Um, you know, they can't get to school on time because of transportation or health care. And so, we're a national network, and we ask ourselves in, these, in our learning community is, you know, what will it take to change this terrible truth? Because the other piece is not only do we, um, you know, remove poor children from their families most frequently, but we have an inherent bias in removing black and brown children, and there's an even higher level of kids that are removed. So we ask ourselves, what are we doing to contribute to this terrible truth as providers in our organizations? What do we need to change, right? And so we do that exploration in the lab. We bring in technical assistants, coaches, bring in data and really look at our practices and policies and what needs to change in the work that we do. How do we bring that uh, into our organization and then into our communities and that change into a national and a state level? And through that work, there's been some real policy focus. So one of the, the policies is really Um, putting resources towards prevention as opposed to intervention, that it's really important to stabilize families in crisis so kids don't have to be removed. And so really focusing on some of those broader issues, shifting funding. A lot of um, kids in foster care are on Medicaid and being able to shift that funding to before they are placed in foster care is really key priority for us. Uh, Another uh, area of priority is really focusing on lived expertise and bringing that into the, the room. And then finally, workforce. It's a common theme throughout all the work that we do is, you know, how do we attract, retain, and advance uh, a workforce that can really support the communities as they need to? You know, I just have to reiterate this this uh, statistic that you shared. Uh, 79% of families are separated due to neglect, not not to abuse. And, and that's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, these are individuals and families that need support. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're, they have their own challenges. And if we could support them, that broader social determinants of health, which we'll get into a little bit later, that's going to help them and ultimately help help their children. And you are correct about we need to move more upstream mm-hmm. and have more prevention. Our, our system is costing us a lot of money mm-hmm. because we're not focused on early, you know, birth to three, um, getting... Uh, to these individuals before they have a mental health crisis or before they penetrate the criminal justice system, it's too late or it's too costly. Uh, so again, thank you for your advocacy on prevention and all you do at the Hill uh, and all you do to educate us in our sector to help us be better. That completes round one. In round two, we're gonna discuss the importance and expansion of advocacy and partnership But first, a word from our sponsor. Supporting your employees is more than a paycheck and 401k. It's just a fact. People today are at a higher risk of experiencing mental illness, housing insecurity, and substance abuse. Do you know the health of your employees, your communities? How can you step up your benefits to better address their well-being? M3 Insurance helps businesses see beyond basic benefits and support employees where they live. It's a meet-them-where-they-are approach that LSS delivers to their clients every day. M3 and LSS 
offer real solutions to now commonplace realities that strengthen employees and inspire communities to thrive. Test your employee benefit strategy now by going to m3ins.com. All right. You ready for round two? I am ready to go. Let's go. So how does Lutheran Services in America advocate for its member organizations and the people they serve? It's a great question, Hector, and an area that I will say that we're working to improve at Lutheran Services in America. So as part of my new role, I actually created a, a position that has experience and expertise in government affairs and public relations, because I think it's really important for us to understand what are the levers that we need to pull. It's not just what are the you know, the policymakers who are just the congressmen that we need to visit, but what are the administrative offices like CMS and build those relationships? So we're really working to, um, and first of all, really educate people about the work that the broader network does. Um, wherever I go, people say, I love the Lutherans. I just didn't realize there were more of them. And, <laughs> and so we have to really draw upon that strength. We're a trusted community-based provider network. Um, and, you know, we need to be, we, we do a lot of innovation in the space. Many of our members have been here for, like you all, uh, over 100 years started as somewhat of a, you know, I think in your case, it was an orphanage and really evolved and looked nothing like that today. We are strong innovators in this space. And so we need to really work with policymakers and others to understand the role that we play, the important role that we play. And, um, and, and education is a key piece of that. Then the other piece is really starting to change the narrative. We do a good job today of reacting to issues when something comes up on the Hill where we'll tell, you know, we'll explain why it's a good or bad idea. Um, I like to say that providers know the realities of implementing, you know, a great idea. And so we can kind of help un understand that piece. Um, but we, we really need to start driving the narrative in the conversation instead of reacting, really controlling some of the things that we talked about, the power of prevention and why funds need to be shifted. Having people think about families in a different way is an important um you know, at role that we play as well. So there's education and as well as changing the narrative. You know, that that's so important to to be proactive and to kind of lead the discussion mm -hmm. and not just wait uh, for something to come and then uh, say, hey, we oppose this bill or, hey, this is a bad idea. We want to make sure that we're more proactive, mm -hmm. uh, sharing why it makes sense uh, for prevention and uh, do things in a holistic way in which we know focusing on the social determinants of health mm -hmm. that is going to really make a true difference in the lives of the people we serve. So uh, uh, thank you for that. I uh, want to go into the Innovation Lab. You know, we are so proud that we have our part of your Innovation Lab and with our School Center Mental Health Program that we've talked a lot about before in, in other episodes here. But taking the broader social determinants of health and knowing that, you know, if somebody doesn't have a, an affordable house, it's not safe, they don't have transportation, uh, medical uh um, all of these things, the better we address that, the the more healthy they're going to be as people. So uh, thank you. We're, we're a part of that innovation lab. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about the purpose and, and how do you measure success in the innovation lab? Right. And I love the story of the partnership that we have with mm -hmm. your organization in the lab. Um, we like to say change doesn't happen in a day. And your, your, your organization has really been involved in the lab since its inception for the last six years. And what we really do in the lab is, is look at the challenges in our community and what is, what is um, bringing us 
to, um, you know, what are, what are the challenges for families in, in crisis? And one of the th great things that your team did was through that school-based mental health um, program and a lot of the conversations that we had going on in the lab about um, the broader community needs really identified, to my understanding, the, the, the housing crisis and the, the need for stable housing for families in your community. And I think through the lab and the, and the coaching and the peer leadership really helped your team start to develop um, an understanding and um, a strategy really to start to engage community partners. Because I think that's another really important thing about the lab is we don't we don't do this by ourselves, right? Half of this is, a large part of this is really com that compelling narrative of engaging other partners. Because when communities support the work that we're doing, that's when lasting change happens. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that in your case, bringing in the, I, my understanding is over 900 families were connected to housing mm -hmm. resources last year in the work in the lab. In another example, we had a, um, we had a wraparound model where 95% of the families that were at risk of being separated um, in six months are still together. And that really mm -hmm. shows the power uh, and of, you know, those preventative services. So we, we work to collect those that data. We, we, we measure it in terms of impact to families, number of leaders and communities involved. And we're, and we're really working to build out, like I said, that body of evidence so we can create a compelling narrative with different case studies of what are the different solutions in communities that are needed. Again, thank you so much for bringing forth that thought leadership, uh, but also just bringing us together mm -hmm. to be able to do something that is great where we all can learn and replicate in our respective states. So again, uh, so proud to be a part of that. And I just would like to say, you know, coming from you know, the for-profit, they do a lot of investment mm -hmm. in leadership development. And it's almost a luxury that we have a hard time affording right. in the nonprofit sector. And I think that that's one of our critical components of, of the lab is there are no easy answers. This isn't where you read a book and then go back and say, Hector, I know right. how to do this now. Right. Um, this is really developing that leadership capacity to solve those, you know, identify those, those challenges in your community, um, and the strategies to address those and the tenacity to keep at it because, you know, a lot of times it's not a home yeah. run or a, a knockout yes, definitely. <laughs> the first try. But we got to keep so, fighting. Right, right, exactly. You know, that's a really good point, leadership development, or if you think about just business services. Mm -hmm. So we need IT, we need effective HR, and we need fiscal and and quality and all those things. And it's a challenge in our sector, right? Because mm -hmm. that's overhead. Mm -hmm. And you might have some um, funding agencies that limit you to 10%. And we've talked about this before, but it's hard to operate with excellence at a 10% overhead. Do you have any You reaction? know, I think part of the, yeah, it is hard and it's not fair mm -hmm. and it's unrealistic and it really um, puts at a disadvantage the people that we work with and serve. Um, and so I think that's another piece that's really critical for us to change the narrative. Um, and, and one of the things that we're seeing in the nonprofit um, philanthropy side and that we're really actively engaging in the conversation is that nonprofits, particularly faith-based nonprofits, you know, are more than just the low-cost service provider. Mm -hmm. We we play a real role in connecting community um, and create mobilizing communities and really uh, a critical role in the pluralism of a democracy. And so I think it's important for us to really drive that narrative mm -hmm. with government, with philanthropy and others, um, that this isn't like gravy you're giving us. Right. Right. <laughs> this is helping us meet the needs of the people in the community. And it's another role that a na the national office has. So Chapin Hall recently shared findings uh, from your sustainability toolkit. Can you tell us more? 
Yeah. So I wanted to start with, first of all, the why. Chapin Hall is a premier research organization associated with the University of Chicago that does a lot of research on programs and pro, um, that work for families mm-hmm. um, and solutions that work for families. And so as part of our broader strategy to really scale and replicate and get the word out beyond uh, the, the folks that have the opportunity to be part of our learning collaboratives, um, we partnered with Chapin Hall to really try it, to have them help us understand the best Practices of what are the what are what are the, the the key best practices that we're doing in the collaborative um, to. Uh, to focus on sustainable innovation with a results equity lens. And so they were able to um, publish this paper and post it on their website and and host a um, a podcast, which was great because we had over 300 people and maybe only 25 of them were Lutheran organizations really getting to benefit from the work that we're doing in in that space and really talking about how sustained uh, innovation is more than just funding streams. It's it's the key things that we've been talking about. It's a focus on innovation. It's uh, work for strategies, it's partnerships in the community and several other factors. And so really excited to have that partnership, get that word out um, to others beyond our community, and then really build on that as we go forward. Thank you. I continue to look forward to learning more about that um, as uh, this year unfolds. Mm -hmm. I just want to talk a little bit about the partnership uh, Mm -hmm. with the church. Yeah. You know, I know um, um, service models have changed over the years. Um, funding um, from the church, for example, uh, an example for us, we used to get over a million dollars of contributions directly from the church that has been cut in half uh, to about Mm -hmm. 500,000. So donations are down. Our service delivery models are different. Maybe in the past we had a therapist in our church and now we're more in the community providing those services in individuals' homes. So do we need to reimagine our relationship uh, with the church and, and the community? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, what brings us together is that shared faith tradition of service and community and that strong Lutheran her- um, heritage piece. Um, I think what's interesting is that to a certain extent, the social ministries are growing faster than the number mm-hmm. of people in the pews. Yeah. And so that excites me because I think that is an opportunity to really reimagine that relationship and what church and community is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to look different probably 10 years from now than it does, um, you know, five years ago. Just like anything, right? We have to evolve in our partnerships, our approaches. And and so I'm optimistic that there's a way to continue to expand that, strengthen that, um, and make it better than what it is right. today. I would say the work that you all do in refugee resettlement is an example mm-hmm. of a really powerful partnership with the church and other providers yep. and or other partners in the community. Yep. And I think that's there are ways to really think about that model um, and expand it to other people and populations. Yeah, I agree with you. During the refugee crisis, when we had to expand pretty substantially the number of staff we had to accommodate the new individuals Mm -hmm. coming in, specifically from Afghanistan at the time and then Ukraine, we got an outpouring of support uh, from the church, Um, you know, a lot of money to really help us serve more people uh, that really needed our support more than ever. So that is a good example of where the church rose and really supported us to do the right thing for for these individuals that were fleeing from war mm-hmm. and persecution. That completes round two. Are you ready for round three? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> what key strategies are high-performing nonprofit organizations prioritizing right now? It's a great question, Hector. And, you know, across our network, we have um, 
faith-based nonprofits of all shapes and all sizes, everything from half a million to, you know, 300 million and onward, if, if you think of the hospital systems. But I think there are some real common themes about um, the, the organizations that continue to evolve and meet the needs of their community. Um, one is really just that culture of learning and innovation and evaluation. And so leaders like you who challenge um, their organizations not just to accept the status quo, but to you know really empower them to think about things differently, I think is, is a really key trend. Uh, partnerships of all shapes and all sizes um, are really obviously um, important. I think, you know, we're, um, we talked about the whole person, and it's not that that means that you provide every one of those services, but what are those partnerships in the community look like? How do they extend your reach? How do they keep you relevant? Um, and then I think, you know, viability, strong operational and financial viability has always got to be a focus and how you balance that with mission. And it's a conversation that we have an awful lot in the nonprofit sector, but it's really important to have that fiduciary responsibility um, and viability. Yeah, those are all uh, very important priorities. I want to kind of focus on one um, where you talked about uh, making the outcomes mm -hmm. and, and the quality. And that is one where a lot of times in our sector, we don't have the resources to really create those teams mm -hmm. to oversee that quality. LSS of Wisconsin, Upper Michigan, we have made it a priority right. because we want to really make sure that you know, we go above and beyond what's required of us mm -hmm. in our contract. What we want to know is that we're truly impacting and making a difference in the lives of the people we serve. And we feel that quality team that we have help, helps us do that. So we have made a focus. I know many organizations in your network have also made that focus. And I, th I would say that we are leaders mm -hmm. uh, in this space and showing others why uh, this is important. So just a follow-up to that question, uh, do you think these priorities have shifted over the years or have they generally stayed the same? You know, I don't think it's ever been easy to be a nonprofit. And actually, we kind of say, you know, no one ever went into a community and said, oh, I see a great idea to make a lot of money, right? <laughs> they saw a need and they rose to serve it. And so I think that, you know, they may look a little bit different. Sometimes we say the pace of change is really fast now. I think it is. It, you know, I think that's w one thing of being really flexible and reactive, I think, is, is one thing that's really changed. Also, I have to say there's an increasing um, competition with nonprofit or with for-profit, between mm -hmm. nonprofit and for-profit. And, you know, I'm an economist by training, so, like, mm -hmm. may the best person win. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the for-profits have different values. And so I think we have to really, once again, get back to that narrative of the role that we play um, and the values and the outcomes that we have that really change lives. Yeah, that, that is very interesting to your point about um, venture capital, mm. for-profit entities really wanting to get into our space. And I find it very interesting that they see an opportunity that where there's profit, where we are nonprofit and we like to reinvest all of our, um, our profits in our colleagues uh, to expand our services, mm -hmm. uh, in our infrastructure that's needed to, to really do the great job that we do. And a lot of times we find ourselves where it's still not enough. But um, now I want to say that there are some for-profit entities that do great oh, yeah. work. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to uh, say anything <laughs> bad about them. In fact, I might have one of the for-profit entities right. in, in the ring with me at some point to share 
of what they're doing, but but it is interesting that we're seeing more than right. for-profit entities coming into this space. And I think there's a real opportunity in, for us to partner with for-profits, right? Mm-hmm. Healthcare is one of the examples. As more yeah. and more funding shifts, uh, Medicaid funding shifts from the control of the state and local and national government to healthcare, we've got um, a responsibility to help healthcare spend those dollars wisely as a provider. Absolutely. So um, relating to some of the priorities mm-hmm. that we just talked about, how is uh, Lutheran Services in America uh, supporting these uh, priorities? Right. So in our learning communities, I think we really focus on, um, you know, like you talked about, what is the data we need? What are the innovations? Sharing and replicating innovations is really key. Um, really focusing on the um, innovative um forward-thinking ideas. So at the CEO Summit every year, we really try and talk about the broader trends that are coming. And then the other thing is just kind of creating this peer network at the ready um, so that as things come up, we can mobilize around critical issues. We can support leaders together. And I think those are some of the key ways to really strengthen our sector as we continue to look forward. Again, I appreciate that very much. And and yeah, I do see you as nimble and and ready and willing uh, to support and help uh, so on behalf of our network and LSS of Wisconsin and Upper Michigan, thank you for that. So what's missing? Any other areas that uh, organizations like LSS uh, should be focused on and, and why? Yeah, so um, I've been thinking a lot about technology lately, and, you know, we've, we've got pockets of it across the network, particularly in the senior su- in the hospital space. They've got robots delivering medicine and meals and all mm-hmm. of that's great things. Um, I recently saw a study about um, artificial intelligence and the fact that 94% of for-profit executives are thinking about ways to work it in mm-hmm. and about 24% in nonprofit executives. And this was actually an article written by a man named Nathan Chappelle, who's mm-hmm. in the nonprofit space, saying, you know, we should invest that time as nonprofits because his theory is it will make some of the work that we do much more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's really an area that just collectively we need to start thinking and exploring and making time for um, in, in a big way. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up. And please keep us in, in the loop on, on those talks and, and those efforts because uh, it's fascinating mm-hmm. uh, what AI the potential of it. It's kind of scary, fascinating. Uh, people don't trust it. Uh, it's just something that I, like you, I think we need to learn more about mm-hmm. and definitely incorporate into our programming and what we do to help us more to be more efficient uh, and effective. So Alicia, uh, tell us a little bit about your three to five year vision for Lutheran Services in America and our sector. Right. When I look forward, I see a Lutheran Services in America network that's a recognized leader in social sector innovation, one for known for addressing the inequities in the child welfare system that we've talked about, um, our innovative response to the housing crisis, and really driving the narrative on workforce and the, the changes that are needed in our community. So really seen as in a leadership role. That's great. Wonderful. What is your plan, Hector? <laughs> so I actually have it right here. <laughs> So I just uh, was co-creating this with with um, with our team and board, and we kind of have a we created a graph, and basically our theme is going to be differentiation, impact, and growth. And our vision is create healthy communities filled with people using their God-given gifts to ger- serve. And we're going to be laser focused at four pillars: workplace of choice, which is really about our colleagues and making sure that we have a great place where they can work, they, where they can thrive. And we could have um, uh, very uh, low 
uh, voluntary turnover. We mm -hmm. want to keep and retain. We want to recruit and retain a high-quality uh, team. And then a partner of choice. We want to make sure that um, we're producing great outcomes uh, for the people we serve, high quality. We can, we can articulate and demonstrate that we're making a difference in the lives of the people we serve, and we want to be that partner of choice for counties or, or the state. Then financial viability. We want to make sure that we are, are stable, not only stable, but viable um, for, for the many years to come. And I'm happy to say that I believe LSS of Wisconsin and Upper Michigan is the strongest we've been in our 140-year anniversary today. And then the last pillar of focus is One LSS, which is really about our culture of servant leadership, of equity, uh, diversity, and inclusion, uh, our branding, where we're One LSS, we're going in one direction, and we're doing it together. We have lots of strategies that we put in place to help us achieve these goals, and then we're going to hold us accountable, very specific. Uh, we have goals to help make sure we're, we're meeting. So that's kind of our, was kind of uh, hot off the press. We're just starting to work on this right now, and that's what we're focusing on. And it's an excellent example of how the network works. Is Folks always love to hear how others are approaching strategy and what mm -hmm. they can take away from it. And I know you've shared it with the network before, a different version with the network before, and mm -hmm. look forward to having you do that. Great. Thank you. So final question. How will you use your personal punching power in this next year to advocate for our sector? Because we know you're advocating, you're, you're a champion out there advocating for our sectors. But tell us a little bit about that personal uh, punching power. I would have to say that I think you and I are very uh, blessed because we have jobs and vocations that really align with our values. And so that kind of blurs the lines between our personal and our professional punching power. Mm. Um, but I think what's important to remember is on a personal level is small scale change is just as important as broad scale change. Mm. And so that, you know, working with folks in your community, community, sharing those messages with your church and your community partners, and just, you know, trying to advance that broader good is kind of how, how I try and approach every day. Oh, that's great. That small scale change is so important. And involving other constituencies to, to be a part of this effort, I, I think that's smart. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you so much for doing that. You are an outstanding leader, person, and friend. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all you do. You knocked it out. Oh, thank you. And thank you, Hector, for making the world a better place. It's a privilege to know you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was a great discussion uh, with Alicia. So I just want to recap some of the great points that she shared. Uh, she shared a lot about the benefits of being involved in Lutheran services in America, being this learning community where we learn so much uh, from each other, the innovations that are occurring all across the country. And we share uh, those experiences with each other. Uh, so very thankful to be part of that network. Uh, she also talked about making sure that we move forward with evidence and that through the Innovation Lab, where we provide evidence of things that are working and, again, sharing those, and huge on advocacy. Um, Lutheran Services in America is very well respected uh, in D.C. and really across the country, so the advocacy they do for us is very important. On policies and practices, uh, Alicia talked about this terrible truth where 75% of families are separated, uh, not due to abuse, but due to neglect. And so that really shows how these are families that need support themselves. 
you know, taking that broader social determinants of health and making sure their health and well-being are at the forefront so that they can take care uh, for their children. So very important, and, and it's a statistic that needs to be shared more broadly, and we're doing that here today. She talked a lot about prevention and how we need to move upstream, uh, the broader social determinants of health. You know, we wait for um, someone to be in crisis, and it's too late or it's too costly when we do that. So moving upstream prevention is something that she shared, and that is key. You know, this this is really powerful, but in Lutheran services in America, collectively we serve 1 in 50 people in the United States of America. So it's a powerful network. It's a big network that's having a big influence on those in the United States of America. She talked about how we need to drive the narrative, not be reactive, but be proactive in sharing our, our, our thought leadership, sharing innovations, sharing ideas, and challenging the status quo. Um, we talked a little bit about how we do that through the Innovation Lab and providing that body of evidence, those, those results and those outcomes, so that we can share that across the masses. You know, she mentioned about our school center mental health program that we have that we have launched here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at Lutheran Social Services in America. We talked specifically relating to housing needs. As a result of this program, we determined and learned that there was a housing need amongst the families that we were serving, and we have provided uh, actually 900 families with better housing as a result of these efforts. So we talked a little bit about business services and where there are certain funders that cap business services at 10%. It's really hard to operate with excellence with 10% overhead. You need fiscal, HR, and quality, and IT in order to operate with excellence. And I know the for-profit industry can't operate with excellence with that 10%. So hopefully this is a big part of why we're doing this here today. We want to advocate for that to change. We need more business services, not less, to operate with excellence. We're not the low-cost provider. We want to be the high-quality provider that's demonstrating good outcomes for the people that we serve. We talked a little bit about how the for-profit uh, for sector is getting into this space, and venture capital, of all people, is getting into this, this space because they see opportunities to make money, to earn a profit. Well, we're nonprofit, and if there is a profit, we like to reinvest those services, those those dollars into our colleagues, to make sure that they're paid commensurate to the value they provide. Reinverse, rein, reinvest those profits into our business services, our IT platforms, and future AI, so that again we can operate with excellence. Speaking of AI. Um, she mentioned that 94% of the for-profit sector is embracing AI into their strategy when only 24% of the nonprofit sector is embracing this. So I think that this is an opportunity for us, our sector, just as it is for the for-profit se sector. So at, at LSS of Wisconsin and Upper Michigan, we are trying to learn about this and we do want to embed this into our strategy. Uh, we talked about how while the church has been 
um, decreasing in numbers and contributions. Social ministry is growing uh, faster than people in the pews. And so how do we reimagine our relationship with the church to factor that in uh, into our strategy? So that is something that we want to do. And the last point I want to make that she shared is that small-scale change is as important as broad-scale change. We always won't win on the big ideas, the broad-scale change, but those little incremental changes, those incremental initiatives that we could show prog- we, that we could show progress is something that we have to pay attention to. So I want to thank Alicia once again for being in the ring with me today. As always, you can find out about all of our interviews on our website at lsswis.org slash in the ring. Subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn so you don't miss any of these important conversations in the future. Thank you to our in the ring sponsor, M3. Con mucho cariño, with much affection. Bye.